0: Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm likely not the Zodiac. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about
1: movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I need to know who he is. I I need to stand there and I need to look him in the eye and I need to know it's him.
0: Methinks our friends a tad bit fuckered in the head.
2: Well, it looks like the real Zodiac killer was friendship. Cue the, Cue the, the theme, theme song. song.
1: What do you mean there's no evidence? You have not seen with the ciphers, the military boot prints, the same size shoes and gloves, the most dangerous game, the zodiac watch, the background of school children, the, the misspellings of Christmas, the bloody knives- All circumstantial. We know that Darlene knew a man named Lee? Yes.
2: Lee. Nobody calls me Arthur.
1: So all coincidence aside, Robert, how can you be sure that Lee Allen is a Lee from this file?
2: The knives I had in my car with the blood on them, that blood came from a chicken that I killed for dinner.
1: This is a case that's covered both northern and southern California with victims and suspects spread over hundreds of miles. Would you agree? Yes. Darlene Farron worked at the Vallejo House of Pancakes on the corner of Tennessee and Carroll. Arthur Lee Allen lived in his mother's basement on Fresno Street.
2: I'm not the Zodiac. Door to door. That is less than 50 yards. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell. All right.
0: It's breakfast time. You know, you're going through the cupboards. You're looking for that thing to eat. And what do you find in the cupboards? Some serial killer movie. Hey, (laughs) what's going on? We're going back to look at one of the greatest unsolved serial killer cases in the history of time. Unsolved might have some clues might have some ideas maybe the real guy died before they could really pin it on him and go get that evidence but it is an amazing story called zodiac and of course zodiac brought to us by cheerios uh no it's not cereal jokes come on let's go um david fincher (laughs) directed (laughs) And I love David Fincher's movies and work. His directing is uh, is pretty incredible. Pretty pretty distinct, but not in an insanely obvious way other than some of the flashy video stuff he put into, like uh, Fight Club and uh, Panic Room was where things maybe took a little bit of a dip for Mr. Fincher. But Zodiac doesn't leverage any of that stuff. So what we're left with is a movie that just has uh, some solid directing, potentially... (laughs) Um, and goes on about the, uh, Zodiac killer over a number of years as the case kind of unfolds and some of the key people who were involved in it. And who are those key people you ask? Well, it's this cast, uh, which is pretty incredible by the way. So Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, leads us as Mr. Graysmith. We have the Hulk, Mr. Ruffalo. We have Iron Man as Robert Danny Jr. We got Goose, Anthony Edwards, Brian Cox, Oh, you fuckers, put me in your movie! Uh, <laughs> Elias Cotis, Um, who is Casey Jones from the Ninja Turtle movies. Uh, and if that wasn't enough, there's more like uh, Donald Logue, uh, John Carroll Lynch, Dermot Mulroney, Chloe Sevigny, John Terry, Philip Baker Hall, Adam Goldberg. Uh, you can go down this list and you can find people who are uh well-known um great actors they really bring in a lot to the table and this movie covers a lot of people um as we go through there's a lot of different settings and locales that we get into so quite a quite a detailed um and in-depth cast that we got here one thing that scared me about zodiac as we were getting ready to get into it it was actually twofold is that number one this movie didn't blow my socks off when i originally saw it in 07. um and number two that the runtime is one hour and fifty-seven minutes, so well over that two-hour mark. And I don't think I was too far off with how Zodiac made me feel uh, in the theaters because while it, the budget, from what I saw, was between you know sixty-five and eighty-five million, I don't did know why. Did you one a wide hour
2: fifty-seven?
0: One hundred and fifty-seven minutes. Okay, sorry, okay. is sorry. what I meant to say. I probably did say that because yeah, no, me. Uh, the box office that this brought in, though, was basically at $85 million. So if this movie cost on the upper end of that scale I just mentioned, then this movie made no money. Yeah, uh, Broke even. And probably did, you know, always will do well in, in uh, I guess we don't have DVD sales anymore, but streaming and all that kind of stuff. We would have had DVDs back in the day, so maybe it would have made a bit more. But... People didn't really seem to glom onto this one like some of the other um, David Fincher movies. And I think what preceded this one in the Fincher library was Panic Room, which I think was also kind of not strongly uh, received by folks. I didn't really like Panic Room myself. Um, Kind of an interesting idea, but just not a super great movie. So Zodiac... um, I already said, I didn't really love this movie when it first came out. Where where are you guys coming from with Zodiac? I imagine that all of us were hanging at the time. We probably watched this or went to the theater. Who knows what was happening in
2: 07? I would imagine. I mean, for me, the same basic thing. I remembered seeing it, but not being over the moon with it. Um, But I have to say, like, later in the years afterwards, uh, this kind of fell into my somewhat common rotation, I guess. Um, mm. Like I've seen this three times probably in the last year, year and a half. This being my third or fourth cool. time, if I remember right. So
1: I. Oh, wow. I I always I always even back in the day thought this movie was too long. And yeah, and I think there's a lot of. um I also felt like it didn't focus... Um, why, it why are you... It jumps you're, around You're too supposed much. to
2: start with your history. You're not supposed to just start shitting on it. What's going on?
1: I'm not I'm not <laughs> shitting on it. I'm saying my history you're with like, this instantly movie talking.
2: Was, he's like, what's your history with it? And you're like, it's too long. It's long. Too
1: long. <laughs> <Just> writing shit, <laughs> acting, garbage, burn it, done. That doesn't mean... That doesn't... Just that it's too long doesn't mean that it doesn't hold up, though. It's uh, There are lots of movies that are too long. It's just... Um, it's, it's a bit of a slog to get through. It's always been a bit of a slog to get through for sure. I, I So knowing
0: that, <clears throat> I tried to pay close attention this time when we were watching it to where it kind of starts to feel its length. Because, I mean, two and a half hours is always going to scare me. Um, and the opening of this movie, the first half hour or whatever, is not boring whatsoever. In fact... This movie accomplishes something that we talk about a lot uh, in terms of uh, less is more. We say that a lot uh, on the pod. This movie gets into um, the murder scenes, the Zodiac's murder scenes, and um, they're creepy as all get out. Um, the, The way they make you feel... Uh, It does a good job to set up the the terror, the horror, the the tension that that this movie does so well, especially the scene where he gets the two people by the lake, ties them up and then starts with the stabbings. I can't fucking handle that whole scene. Because, like, the more it goes on, you're like, oh, fuck, would I run away? When's he going to make a break for it? But they both just kind of comply. And then once he's got them on the ground for what he wants, he goes with the stabbings. And the lady who has to watch the dude get stabbed before getting fucked up herself. That's about the most terrifying thing I can imagine. That's that for me is like more scary than any um, uh, ghost in a horror movie jump scare thing
2: ever. Oh, absolutely. And they don't do any music during that scene. And you can hear the stabbing. It sounds like, I mean, it sounds like stabbing a sandbag kind of like it's just it's it's quiet and it's still and you are left in the horror of that moment. I think that they do the serial killer stuff in this really well. Fincher is a fucking master
1: at this. Yep. The scene that you guys are talking about, in my opinion, is the most realistic murder scene in a movie ever. And that is what makes it so upsetting is that there isn't a massive amount of blood. Um, the stabbing looks very, very realistic and the, the, the way that it is done, like Brent said, with no music, there's nothing flashy about it. It feels almost documentary style of watching two people get tied up and murdered. And it's, it's still to this day, very hard to watch. And I've, I've seen this movie countless times. So, so yeah. that scene, when it comes up, always gets the hair on the back of my neck standing up and the cinematography in this movie is also, as David Fincher tends to do, amazing. Um, yeah. like it just looks beautiful. He has a, uh, I don't even know how to describe his cinematography. I mean, the first time I really noticed it, um, um, was uh, probably in in Fight Club. No, Seven even. Like, my God, Seven is a beautiful movie for how fucked up that movie is. Yep. He... Yeah. Yeah, he can fucking do that. I don't know if he uses the same cinematographer or DP every time. He doesn't?
0: always it's harris savitas is the guy who worked on this and he worked with gus van sant on a bunch he did work with fincher on the game and zodiac and he did the opening title sequence in seven which is legendary <laughs> so creepy on its own mixed with the music <laughs> that that one's done so he has worked with them before uh, but whoever else fincher works with from a cinematography perspective he just must choose them and should be able to share his vision and collaborate like so well to to come up with with what we end up getting in a movie like this there's like no question in my mind that there's like like no mistakes nothing seems out of place with any of how he's directing with how he's framing these shots and with how everything kind of looks and feels in fact i will go so far as to say that this movie set in san francisco and it does not um idolize the town because of the content that we're dealing with here right it's about a A serial killer the town is never famously shown if we see the golden gate it's either fog set in or we're flying over it in a weird way after like a super tense scene so i kind of like that he didn't pay a love letter to san francisco this way it was more like this dark ominous city where evil things happen and i really like that it set the tone
2: really well yeah Yeah, if you open this movie with beautiful San fran it's it's feels typical Mm. kind of i guess right the normal yep. stuff show the parks like try to lull us into uh, this beautiful location which now i mean apparently yep. san francisco is such a fucking shithole now i bet you people are dreaming of the zodiac days uh, the opening
1: they're all shot. walking around
2: the streets going hurdy, gurdy, hurdy, 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 hurdy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> love that song the uh so do i the opening shot of this movie too which is the out of the car window slowly gently cruising by the houses till we land on the one where um the kid comes out of it's it's like this guy can fucking direct like a fucking motherfucker i know that he shoots (laughs) like 40 or 50 takes sometimes the opening of of social network it was 99 takes um uh one of the actors asked, Eisenberg was he's yeah, like why, why do not we, we do 100 he's like and and he <laughs> Fence, nope, Finch is done. like we got it <laughs> and he's like but we was so close to 100 like why the fuck would you not do one more but um but he gets what he gets is uh amazing like it's it's hard to it's argue true. and um the the actors who work with him uh it's hard they they put up with it cuz they know what he gets They want to be a part of it. They want to be in it. I wonder if part of his like
2: amazingness is because like Fincher did a shitload of music video directing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, To lead in. And then even afterwards, right? Like even after he had done seven, he did a perfect circle music video, right? Yeah. This shit's crazy. Yeah. so I wonder if all that experience didn't open up just a ton because they're, you know, those would be shorter shoots where you're getting a lot of good directorial experience. But in a lesser time, right, you don't have to do like a, a TV show or something like that. You're doing like a fucking four minute thing. So yeah. um, I wonder if that didn't allow him to get a real just fucking trophy case full of experience and then just lay that into those movies. Cause he knows exactly who he is and he can do it effectively and perfectly every time the feel is there. I think yeah, that's he's,
0: there's no wavering. He's, he's so consistent. I, I bet doing the video really pushed him to like, you got to fit the best stuff you got in a four minute period. There's no like just track this one with this band member talks. No, it's like, get in there, get this, get that, like show the craziness. And so I, I bet that really leads him to like, no, no, how to punch up the best of the best in a movie. And then he, like rolling back from that and just having good consistent direction. I think I've said this before about Fincher stuff that I, I'd watched some videos analyzing his style. And, and one of the videos I watched had shown how well Fincher follows people in shots. Like his shots are rarely static uh, setup shots that he get. He starts tracking people so that you always know who you're meant to be paying attention to without even thinking about it. And so it's the one great thing about all his movies is I'm never confused where I am, what I'm doing, what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. It, it's just something I, I I'm super impressed by in all this stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's, there's definitely no complaining about the directing in this or the cinematography. Those two things are in all of his movies are very solid. So yep. for me, so what the, do we complain about? <laughs> well, the acting is quite good in this too. I, I think everyone yeah, was look cast. At the cast. Well. Yeah. Jesus. yeah, the cast yeah. is incredible. the 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 writing and structure of this movie um, has has some problems. Um, there, oh. there is a lot of time we spend with the detectives, and we lose Gray Smith, who is played by Jake Gyllenhaal. We we start out with him, and we kind of are seeing everything through his eyes. Um, yep. Other than the serial, ki- other than the Zodiac killing people stuff, we we're seeing it unfold at the newspaper. We're seeing him kind of sitting in on meetings and being kicked out, um, and then he takes us out of that perspective, where the writing does anyway. And then we start following these detectives, who like I do feel like there's some poor <laughs> setup with with the um, who's the guy who played uh, Goose. Anthony Edwards. Uh, Anthony. Anthony Edwards' Tony. character is like so poorly set up that they is it no 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 sorry not him. Uh, Mark Ruffalo's character is kind of so poorly set up that they give him this animal cracker thing. Like the right. animal cracker thing to me is lazy writing. Like he he's a hard nosed detective who likes animal crackers. What the it's fuck not, is? It's not for him. It's because he was going <laughs> to talk to
2: kids. Didn't you get that? They, they knew that the kids were the eyewitnesses. So he was like, hey, you got any animal crackers? He's trying to lighten the kids up. Hey, no, he eats, a nice, an- no horrible he, thing.
1: he eats animal crackers. He yeah. does. He does. Maybe, the, the, maybe you're I right, think, Brent, which was why. I think, think they're the first, for but. him. He may just have been eating them. No. no, there's a couple times in the movie where he mentions them or he's like, where are my animal crackers or I want animal crackers. And I'm like, why is this animal crackers? Fucking- it goes away like after it it happens
0: twice yeah. in the scene when they're at the cab shooting and yeah. they Brent. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's why he like had them around. But but then I got the sense after that when he was looking for it again, that it was like it uh, was his I just eat it, animal crackers. It's my
1: quirk. You know? It was his quirk. Like, okay. Yeah, it was his thing. And maybe that is based on oh, one maybe, of the detectives yeah. liking animal crackers. And so sure. they put that in the movie. But I do feel like him and Anthony Edwards' characters are not very fleshed out. You start to get Mark Ruffalo more near the end when he gets accused of writing the letter, gets kicked off the case, and spends some time with Graysmith. Then he like blossoms his character almost and lights up. But I find a yeah. lot of the time we spend with them, other than them interrogating some of the witnesses, there's way too much of that. Like, um they they established like the thousands and thousands of people who who are calling in with tips and stuff. We had way too much of that. We we almost it was a whole nother movie almost that we went down uh well this, it's like this detour in the story
0: i felt felt like what they were doing was they tried to show us as much of the investigation as it was so that when um graysmith later starts to go back and question and finds these gaps in the story that we maybe feel like gaps are getting filled in or we're getting like oh we kind of saw that and now they're saying they missed it but we saw that but by then it was like so far into the movie that I was like, did we see that? And I was starting to second guess whether we were given the information to put the pieces together or if it was just like stuff that's being mentioned now later that we couldn't have put together, in which case the setup to get there. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I, I was so... Um, it's the one The slow pace of this movie and the switching of characters has always kind of gotten to me because, you know, Tony Stark in this has a role to play and he was writing and then he gets into his own shit too much. And then he gets, becomes like a drug addict and, and falls apart and loses his job. And I'm like, but that, I don't give a fuck about his character's arc at all. I just wanted to know like how he was writing and interacting with Zodiac. And it doesn't really go anywhere, which is maybe the whole thing that's tough about writing this story is that we don't catch the guy. We kind of know, and it definitely pushes us in that direction for it to be uh Lee And I could buy that, but then it's like unsatisfying that he doesn't get caught. We don't even get to see him die or a scene where maybe I don't know if I'd want anything but him being like, I'm taking this to my grave or anything like that. But it it just like, where's the where's the satisfying conclusion at the end of this movie that makes it worth having spent all the time with the characters on this?
1: Yeah, Uh, I don't think think there
2: is a is a nice end to this. I think that's part of the horror of it, maybe.
0: But the but but he dies. So yeah. But the police the police
1: investigation the case is unsolved. The thing is the police investigation. The police investigation gets covered so much by Graysmith that um it gets covered so much by Graysmith that he he repeats a lot of stuff that they do. Yeah. That you don't need. you don't the need stuff in the first to, place. to have the cops do it and then Smith come and tell them what they missed because we're just repeating and going over those things again.
0: Well, that, yeah, and that's what I, I can't... I don't remember by the time we get there is were we shown those things happening? Like some of the people he's talking about, well, this person saw this person and they knew Lee. I'm like, did we talk to them? I can't remember. Like, is this new information or are you rehashing to show that the cops were wrong? And that, but, then I'm just confused as an audience member trying to piece it together that he's solving this crime on his own. I think like he we, catches
2: things that were missed, right? Obviously, um, I I have no memory of those things being in do, here. Do like we? I'm need, trying to, and I'm trying to remember what the things are right now, and I'm blanking. I'm a little ill, so pardon me, but. <laughs> it's all, um, but to me,
1: do we need to? Do we really need to go down? Do we really need to go down those those areas twice? Do we need to see the police fail and try try all these things and fail and then have Graysmith go over them again? Cause a lot of the time he's telling them stuff they don't know from Vallejo's case. And he's like, Did you know this? And he's like, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was in the Vallejo thing. Or did you know that? And yeah. it was in the it was in this jurisdictions thing. And he's like, Oh, I wasn't even told that. So to me, it's like you don't need to have him doing that and then sh- having showed them earlier on the phone or they go out yeah. there and then he goes and we fucking hashes all of that again. And meanwhile, it's two hours and 37 minutes long. So like yeah. what they needed to do was really get this down to two hours. You needed to get, take a lot of the police investigation out of there that Graysmith covers. So we aren't, we aren't getting information twice. I think don't the
2: think? one... Oh, go ahead, Brent. I was just going to say, I think that. Well, I don't think this. I, I wonder this. If. You know the it. The main character in this movie is the Zodiac. And I'm not disagreeing with you, Colin, but um, just kind of like bringing more detail in. I think that the main character of this is Zodiac. So I think when we deal, like, because we opened the movie with the Zodiac, um, we progress through a bunch of different areas, right? With the cartoonist and then the Paul Avery and their relationship and the cops and then whatever, right? And all the wrong things. It just seems like, I mean, it's definitely too long and I don't think we need to spend time where we spend time all the time. Uh, but I do think that a lot of the the story being built out that long way is because it's meant to be, it's, it's, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's more meta that Zodiac is the main killer and we're looking at that all from the top and witnessing everything that uh, yeah. happened within, which again, not disagreeing that it's too long, but suggesting maybe that's part of what makes it fit.
1: But yeah, but I, like, I think this is a good example of bad writing because the best kind of writing comes from us seeing it through a character's perspective, and instead yeah. we're jumping around to different characters and seeing things from different perspectives. And when you write something like that, and it's also way too long, you get lost and you, you don't know, you don't have any connection to it anymore. Like you connect to a character and you're going through with them. This is like all over the fucking place. So it's hard to stay focused and to keep your attention. And there is some of this movie, let's be honest, that is a little boring.
0: It's this is tough because this is all based on Graysmith's book. Mm-hmm. So that's why he is kind of kind of the main character all behind the Zodiac theme. Like he's I, I the can get character. behind that, that Zodiac is the main because like he's the, the title character of the movie. So and like so much does revolve around around him. But I think Graysmith for me is kind of like this movie's intended main character. But we get a huge chunk without him. I find his um, his whole marriage stuff, like and Chloe yeah. Sevigny's character, like she comes in and like immediately you get that she's quirky, but that's all you really get. Why else would she be with this guy who like people have a name for him around the office that you know kind of reflects his quiet and interesting demeanor? Let's say people misunderstand him, so they call him the the bad name at the office that I'm not going to repeat here. Um so then it it just seems like he he gets with her then they skip ahead and they have kids but she's obviously annoyed with him but then she like any tension that gets built there she's like just figure it out and I'll be waiting and we'll deal with it all later and he's like okay I got to pass on on all my insanity around this case so that that whole life stuff doesn't add anything to me it it adds a bit of stress to him investigating the case but I'm more stressed by the case that there's a serial killer out there than Grace Smith's marriage is falling apart I don't give a fuck about that either like these 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 true life stories um sometimes you accept that they're going to be a little bit longer and drawn out and maybe not as exciting because it's it's saying this is what happened in real life and if zodiac was never actually caught then we have to deal with that and i would have liked for there to be more um more shock and awe from the audience that they kind of knew it was lee but he didn't get it but by the time we're done with this movie i'm like we had Iron Man going nuts and, and Anthony Edwards is like doing the investigation then he's just like I'm I'm transferring out it was like okay bye uh, see ya have a nice day and it's <sighs> like what the fuck I don't care and but, this and, is maybe hard on Ruffalo but he just moves on anyway doing the same shit for, so like it was it's just too much piled on piled on to to tell that real life story but they're telling the elements that I don't give a shit about for,
2: for me I think those are like, elements that contribute to the failure of the case right could Anthony be. Edwards moving off the stakes raised for Jake Gyllenhaal because his marriage and family is falling apart, but he's pursued by this drive to to see the Zodiac found, yeah, um, which ultimately never happens, right? So
1: yeah, so, so it I've read this little script. frustrating. I've I've read the script Moneyball on uh, online, and it, the original script of Moneyball had um, Brad Pitt's character had a, a girlfriend or a wife that was in the movie. And uh, he had conversations with her, obviously, about his career and the team sucking and stuff. But w- I guess they took the wife out because he's not dating anyone in the actual movie, and they got rid of her. That's what I would have done here. I would have got rid of Grace Smith's kids. They they they're nothing but back backdrop. You never get to know them. I don't know their fucking names. I get rid no. of his wife. I would make him a single guy who is obsessed, and I would have gotten rid of any of his personal relationships. Because they are window dressing at best, and they're they a waste of time. Them.
0: Like he does the case with the kids, and and like the the he's brushing his teeth with the kids, and they what? swallow it, and it's minty. I know it, but I'm am agreeing with you. It's pointless <laughs> you for all <laughs> the work they names. did to put in. He he's in real life. He had a wife and kids. Then you could have had them in the movie. They could have been annoyed at how much he was working, but just not twenty minutes of the movie dedicated to his home life.
2: Yeah, the kid stuff I don't mind because the kid stuff at the dinner table, where he's like working on the case with them, is just to show us like his level of thing, and it's really quick and it doesn't take anything. Yeah. But the stuff with Sevigny, and she's annoying as fuck. Yeah. And like she sucks energy off the screen when she's in it. Unfortunately, the relationship is pointless, and I don't care. Yeah. Um, What I want to see is Jake be into the case. And you know what I'd love, even if it's not real, I'd love more Jake and Avery if they were doing more stuff in the case and you took out the family shit. 100%. Because Avery's relationship to him and Avery in general is a great character, uh, but he he's a nothing character in this movie and ultimately you could do without him also. Yeah. There, I feel there, like it
0: was a cameo more than a, a solid built character that added to this movie it, it just, he was in there for stuff to make it happen. And then it happened and then we were like, he's gone. We'll visit him one more time. And then, but even then Jake Gyllenhaal visits him and then is like, I'm leaving now. This was a mistake. And I'm like, you're fucking right. It was a mistake. Let's yeah. go. Let's get on. What are we but, doing? But they
2: still give Avery the little write-up at the end. I don't think he earns it. No. Even, even but I do love
1: Downey Jr. in this role. Yeah, he does it well. E- even though the, the kids have some some funny moments in the movie and those are kind of nice because the movie is pretty heavy. So the kids, uh, supply a comedy without establishing the relationship with him and his kids more are making them characters. Then why fucking have them in it? Like those scenes are nice when they're helping him, but get rid of them, get rid of them, yeah. get rid of his girlfriend slash wife. Like there is yeah. zero point in them being in this movie. And they, they add to the length of the movie. So, like, this script was over 200 pages. You just you should have gutted this script before you started shooting it. That the was subtlety, a big problem. The
0: subtlety in this movie that really matters, the one thing that maybe they took a chance on to say, it was Alan, it was Lee that did this, um, was that at the start of the movie, before those two kids in the car get murdered, or she was married, I guess, whatever, um... She knows the killer. And I think we were all like, oh, she knows him. I didn't know if I realized quite the same before that maybe she was like lying or just trying to be tough. But she knew him. And then at the end of the movie, that's the one thing through the end investigation, um, even though uh, Graysmith is going back over whatever, he proves that this guy must have known her, hung around her in that party. And then boom, that was that's where I put the whole thing together where they were saying she did know him and this was the guy. And well, so, you called it
2: right at the beginning, John. You were like, "She, she knows him," and I was like, "I don't. I like, I'd never even picked it up." I just yeah. remember so, that. So from that was the big epiphany. That made the viewings. movie for
0: me complete. But but then there was just all that other confusing stuff in the middle. That's what we needed to get to.
1: I've just seen this movie enough to know from the end of the movie that she knew him. So like that's how, like I drew on that, and then I also used the uh, line from uh, Silence of the Lambs where, "How do we covet?" We covered from the f- things we see every day. <laughs> so yeah. so the idea yeah, that I he think, knew her was uh yeah. interesting then. I yeah, like I that. think
0: people people are aware enough about serial killers now that, you know, that you kind of get that some of that pattern where they, they start with, with what they know, right? Their their moms treat them like shit, so they kill their mom and bury them in the basement and then have a thing against women. Um in this one he knew this gal and all his other kills too were like very female focused because the dude survived because he stabbed um, the guy on the beach four times, and then went right over to the girl and was like rolling her over to stab her shit to death. Um, so th- that's the that's the important stuff about this case to me. Um, so yeah, I, I I like I think tightening this up might have made this a more of a taut kind of thriller, but that maybe wasn't the intent. Maybe he wanted to tell the, a faithful story, and that it was annoying and frustrating at the end that you know we never really caught him and never really knew and such what should have been easy things were missed, but I also get it. Cause how many cop jurisdictions were in this, all of them trying to handle their own shit. Plus their other caseloads. Like, I don't know. There's something, there's something about this that, um, the movie Aaron Brokovich and how that rolled through might've been a better, uh, pilot for this story, a better vessel for this story where she's like investigating the, 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 the all the people and that her investigation is interesting and, I don't necessarily love that it's the guy in the bar who blows it all open at the end of the day and we were made to think that he was a bad guy throughout it all. But I'll give that a pass, and we gave that movie a hold up because um it did the the investigation element was really interesting to follow. and I just can't say the same about this investigation.,
1: yeah, yeah and someone said it earlier, I think it was John, without an ending, um, that is more satisfying. You can't have a movie be this long if this is the story you want to tell you have to make choices and this movie's script really feels like they didn't make choices they just kept everything in and uh edited together that way like you is it is it a movie about the police investigation is it a movie about gray smith's obsession is it a movie about paul avery and his career going down the tubes like because of because of his involvement with Zodiac and Zodiac threatening his life. Like what is this fucking movie about? Like you, like it's the, I don't, I don't, I, I'm assuming all of this was in his book, but this is seems like another attempt where you try to adapt a novel and stay too true to the novel and not yeah. make the script more cinematic in a movie because the climax of this movie, is them in a diner talking about Zodiac. That's the climax. And that is a fucking weird climax for a movie is is explain-a-log. And and then him going and seeing the guy Zodiac, the guy they think is Zodiac and looking him in the eye. But after two and a half hours, I don't think that's enough.
0: I, I tend to agree. I mean, again, I get this is real life and that's what happened. But then, if like you say, if then you're telling me that story, just just get there quicker. You
1: got and you got to structure it differently. Like, if you want to tell that story, you could have you could have told it out of sequence. You could have done it in ways that made it more interesting. Um, you could have fucking Tarantino it or whatever you wanted to do. But doing this as a straight story, um, at that this length is there's just so much to cover that they wanted to fit in. they wanted you to know about like the phone calls with um with Goose talking to the guy and like oh we need the foot we need the shoe prints and he's like oh that's the other guys he's like okay well I'll call them and the, he's like you still haven't telefaxed me this like these the, we don't there's have a tele-fax. whole section of the movie that is does half an hour 45 minutes that's just stuff like that yeah and like that stuff I get the whole hurried along it could also just be another movie. Like, like that could I mean, have all been revealed to Graysmith through Ruffalo saying all of the jurisdictions, that was fucked up. And Graysmith goes to all the different jurisdictions and says, oh yeah, he referenced me. So we don't need to see that earlier um, because Graysmith's going through the exact same struggle with going from different jurisdictions where he committed different crimes. We're just seeing everything twice. Is how I felt. Yeah. Even if new elements of the investigation were revealed
0: by Graysmith, I don't feel like they're relevant or timely for me to understand what he's talking about. So it's more about him going through it, me watching him go through it and agree and then move on. But I wish that I had more of that understanding of exactly who they're talking about and, and why it's important and yeah, why some of the stuff that we're hearing or seeing for the second time. Without having been shown it the first time in a way that's like this isn't gonna work out or they're
1: missing it or like there's
0: that fingerprint like somewhere behind there that you just don't see.
1: Yeah, he does a much better job in seven. I mean, once again, Fincher didn't write the script, so so No, one of the Vanderbilts
2: did. You know the famous Vanderbilts? James Vanderbilt. Yeah, he's a legit one of the New York Vanderbilts, this guy.
0: Which is funny because, listen to this, so he wrote Zodiac, but then he wrote The Amazing Spider-Man and its sequel, and then Independence Day Resurgence and the 2022 version of Scream.
1: Okay, so this guy's just not a very good screenwriter. (laughs) I mean, I shouldn't say that. So this guy's screenwriting is not what I would consider my taste then. (laughs) Because none of those movies... We're good. You never know what
2: the what the me. cuts were going to be or anything else, right? I mean, I don't. I'm also not big Spider-Man or or any of that stuff. But Our Independence um, Day
1: Resurgence is, uh, in my opinion, a terrible. Never play. seen it. I don't think I've seen
2: that either. I, I have refused to see things that are out there. Just yeah. The well, you like, uh, you guys 50 were fifty IQ people. You
1: guys were you guys were smarter than me because I I got sucked into watching it with bite the thing. I think someone went to the theater. <laughs>
2: God damn it. The thing I think that happens with this movie is that it's so close to the people making it. Because, like, reading about it, yeah. Fincher and um and this Vanderbilt were really drawn by this. And Fincher actually grew up in the area and yeah. is said to have remembered seeing cops follow his school bus home. And then in one story, he asks his dad or says something about it. And his dad very candidly just says, oh yeah, it's because there's a serial killer who's killed some people already and he's threatening to fucking shoot the tires out of a school and then pop the kids as they exit. So um, you could see how these guys were passionate about this. Je- I think Vanderbilt just said he read the book in high school or something, but they both like did a lot of research on this, meeting yeah. with the actual survivors, reading everything, all the casework. So you could see how that all becomes... Like, you're interviewing these people, and these things seem significant, right? You don't want to detract from anybody's story. This is a real story, not just like... Like, think of in Moneyball. Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in real life that he's based off of was pissed because he was a supporter, right? And in the movie, they make it so he's not. And I've always been kind of of off about that, and I love Moneyball, but I've always felt like you shouldn't change a character, right? do that yeah and i know that i know that it makes the story and increases the tension and stuff yeah but to me that is lazy um and that's just looking for an easy way out of a problem is to change and you can't fucking do that when the story is a fact like when we're dealing with non-fiction and so i feel like maybe that's where they got lost with this too much time spent trying to do the story justice and then getting lost in
1: the weeds I agree with your point about this movie, but I disagree with Moneyball because <laughs> while I would be upset like that guy too, the great thing that that screenwriter does Aaron Sorkin is he will change those things because he knows it will make a better movie. And, uh, yes, but he's, it's a he, not I know, I know, I know and it's not fair to that. It's I not know, fair to the know, story but either. But Well, social network... I mean, Mark Zuckerberg had a girlfriend when he was going to Harvard. He's married to her now. None of that was in the social network. But it made the script that. better that he didn't have a girlfriend.
2: I mean, that stuff seems... No, but it was happening.
1: a big... That's
2: a, you're, you're changing a real person. You're not just omitting them.
1: I know. Omitting a person but like, can you imagine if Philip would, Seymour I Hoffman's would, character wasn't... Think about Philip Seymour Hoffman's character being a supporter in that movie. How much worse would that be? Some of the best scenes are are him and uh, Brad Pitt's character arguing about. Once the, again, the I team, agree. I love that run movie. It. Like you know that, but I'm saying <laughs> there, there so, is a like, line there that uh, I'm not sure
2: that you should cross in art. I guess. When, when I mean, our, at the end of the I, day, it describes reality, right? Yeah, I, I would
0: have rather heard that he talked to the coach and the coach was like, I understand why you're doing this. So go ahead. You know, that might yeah. have made me feel better because I, I like you guys. I was like, oh, that's so crazy. That story. And then to hear afterwards that the coach was a supporter. I was like, that's a, that was a weird change because I I don't know. I'd need to see the movie if he was a supporter because he had other conflict in that movie with his scouts and the owner wasn't 100% supportive all the time or just didn't have the and money to throw at
2: it. So All the but, media and yeah. the players and everyone thinks already that ice he's a good guy. Ice Cube on the radio. Dunce. This was the <laughs> principle that just won, But you know. All of us That's have an watched. Ice
1: tea T accent that you just did. Shit. But, but all three of us have watched.
2: Ice Cube's <laughs>
1: like, Ice T. All three of us, though, have watched that movie. Uh, multiple times me and Brent I think have watched it even more than John but maybe I'm wrong mm-hmm. and so say what you will about him making that change but that is a big reason why I keep watching that movie is because it's it's everybody against them everybody against them they had it was just him and it was just his his uh it was just uh Jonah Hill and everyone else was opposed so without that, that movie is not as strong. It's just not. If they had any support whatsoever, so mm-hmm. that works really well in that movie. Now I feel bad I, about. But you're coach. saying
2: not as strong without doing any brainstorming to think about how no. it could have been otherwise. It's got to want you to acknowledge that the potential exists outside of your one minute thinking about it.
1: I disagree. I disagree. It's it's, uh, it's <laughs> I know. I know you think it's lazy, but it's it's just um those movies where it, it's 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 one person against the world are are so powerful because um, we all feel that but it's way it's already sometimes. two so who cares if it's three anyways yeah. zodiac
2: killer. So like
0: okay so uh, then what would I might have been okay with a, a detail change or two in the zodiac story to make this movie better as long as it wasn't like something too egregious like what if this movie was structured in a way that it set Lee up as the killer more? and we the audience kind of knows it's him but the investigation doesn't go quite the way people want cuz like they they yeah. interview him and they're like they're all sitting in that room in that cafeteria after he leaves and everything he says is fishy and then they're just like couldn't get a warrant and the and the fingerprint doesn't match and then just we're off him so all the intuition of the cops just goes right out the fucking window and we as the audience are pretty sure i think at that point too so then we got to suffer with more more of the investigation and stuff i would have rather maybe I'm thinking about this aloud as we're talking about it. Like, what if it was more following that guy, and then the cops' investigation to someone that we know who it is would be like more more tense for me and more disappointing when he gets away and dies of a heart attack because like we'll have known it was him. And I guess maybe they're saying true to life, we don't actually know it was him, even though all things are pointing his direction, and we're going to be very uh, respectful of the fact that he was never convicted, so we can never say it was him. Uh, but I might have been more inclined to say, fuck that, obviously it was looking like this guy, so let's make a movie under that premise, and if people don't like it, then too fucking bad. We don't know who it was.
1: I think it just would have been better if Aaron Sorkin would have written the script. (laughs) The the script is just not, honestly, is just... I don't think it's I will agree with
2: that. I'll agree that Sorkin can outright Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. From what but I've seen, 2007 that's 100% Sorkin, the truth. Not, <laughs> That is also true. Two,
1: thousand seven Sorkin, so though not not <laughs> yeah. not being the Ricardo's trial of the Chicago Seven Sorkin, but like you know, like uh, Moneyball, <laughs> West Wing, Moneyball, West Wing Sorkin,
0: Molly's Game, that's Sorkin. Yeah, yeah.
1: Before I, you know, he got a little up his ass. Yeah, <laughs> I heard also that the <laughs> and everybody else did too.
0: I heard that the shooting script for this movie was 200 pages
1: long. Over 200. And so yeah.
0: yeah, so um instead of like cutting it down to make a reasonable movie, Fincher was like just talk faster. <laughs> That's right. He did say that. That's, yeah, I heard so, that. So that's like a problem those the, once the again. early warning systems that that kind of pop in, right? Like that you have a <laughs> that it's too long and you're saying talk faster is not the solution. It's like No, oh, that's my a red flag. I said I shouldn't yeah. do this, so I fired my safety guy and I got a new one who said I could Especially do it. Especially
2: right? in all my <laughs> old acting stuff, they always told you like one thing you definitely don't want to do is talk fast. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, because yeah, you need to be under... Like, if it's Iron Man, if it's if it's Tony Stark, then that's fine. He's a quick-talking guy. But then we got Graysmith in this, who is was so slow and deliberate. Yeah. um But I think, like, having that much stuff shot would make editing really tough because, you know, the phrase killing your darlings is, is tough for any artist, any creator, cutting out what you've made. It is. It's a very difficult thing to do. But when you have, like, three times as much as you need and you only cut a third of it, then you still have twice as much as that you need. So that, that's that harder part to get it to come together. I can't um, even you hope imagine. You, end up in a, yeah. you hope Editing. you don't end up in a Phantom Menace type situation where everything you've shot cannot be edited. Otherwise, it will make less sense than it does. Um, so that's not the problem they had here. Here is they had too much, and they had to, they had to get this down to, to some. I don't think Graysmith can handle the half-hour absence from this movie. That he gets. Think, and then when we come back, was he sands Tony that. Stark and then he hooks up with Ruffalo so late in the movie.
1: I don't yeah. know. I get that's what really happened, but it's just not not that exciting. That to should watch. have been the midway point <laughs> is when he started hooking up. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a problem. When you start out with a script that's over two hundred pages long, you're that's a huge red flag. You've uh you should never do that. First of all, that is <laughs> wow. that is a that means that the script needs to be rewritten. That's all that means. That's the first indication that you've gone down the wrong path. And shooting a hundred, I can't even imagine shooting a scene a hundred times. Uh, I edited a scene I shot fifteen or or twelve times, sixteen times, something, and it was impossible to get. Like each little snippet out of all of those takes, I can't imagine like a hundred takes. Oh my god, looking for like the best lines. Jesus Christ, his editors must hate him. But yeah, I, I would, or unless he does it himself, who did it at the? I don't think so. He, already, I'm sure he Angus has. Angus like Wall, you are a
0: He did Social Network, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, those movies were a year apart. Holy shit.
2: I need to watch "Girl with Dragon Tattoo" again because I remember liking it, and you guys fucking hate it so much. I feel like I missed something. I I, I only didn't it. like
1: it because I saw the original one, which is in I believe is that's, in in Dutch, uh, Danish, I think. Yeah, and yeah, uh, Scandinavian and, maybe yeah. And I I really enjoyed the original one, and then Fincher went and took it and put his spin on it and made it darker and more sexual and fucked up. And that's at why the I end. Liked it. <laughs> and at the end of the day, though, if you, I would recommend to you, you watch the original version because that's what I hear. I find that even I've, though I've it's in a too. different yeah. language and it's subtitled, I find it superior in as a film. And I find Fitcher's is too long again. And um, yeah, well, do you know? Funny enough, they approached
2: MGM for this movie first. Hmm. Who said they'd do it, but they wanted the runtime 215 or less yeah and I feel like that's they they knew exactly what they were saying there yeah. that's they,
1: a great point you just made because because this is once again um, back in the day in before the 2000s they would have demanded this be two hours um well they said 215 but they demanded they would demand this to be two hours and if you would have cut this to be two hours it would have been a way better movie. This is the problem we have these days. Movies are way, way, way too long. And um, I really wish the studios had... And once again, the people who are working for the studios weren't just asking for them to be cut for time. They, You had people who are running studios who had good taste and understood movies and understood what the audiences wanted. You, I don't know if you have that in streaming services or studios today. I don't know if you have good people. Everything's
2: become about the money. Mm-hmm. Right. The I mean, people think- that founded these things founded off passion. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you need to be with art. You can't make art financially. It yeah. fucks it all.
0: No, and it does. It, it coming in like that's why we have all the superhero craze. Not because it's good cinema or entertaining. It's because they know what's going to make the money, even the shittiest ones. Except for DC. Yeah. I can't wait for yeah. all that to just like die. They can't make a good movie to save their lives, and they keep on trying. I guess bless their strange hearts, but. The other on the other side, just admit
2: that their fucking territory is bad. Yeah, they got they got beat. They got fucking beat that the 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 real estate they own, Batman, Joker, there's there's stuff there, right? But they have stuff in their lesser known catalogs, too, that they could be leaning into. Why not be the studio of the dark heroes, right? Make some real gritty shit and then fucking let people come to the theater and see superheroes, the way that the fucking real shit should be, right? Yeah, they're, it, they're too stuck.
0: Even if it's dark, it's still bubble gum for what they're making. Yeah. And now it's too late. Like, they can't shift now. There's no way they start with a lesser-known group of superheroes and anyone pays attention because they've missed the window. How long will be at this? 2008 was Iron Man, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's been fucking, oh, my God, oh, 15 think. years of this shit nonstop where 60% of shit hitting theaters is superhero-related. I'm fucking sick of it. And you're, Dude, you're looking I grew at- up
2: as loving comic books. And I can't, I haven't seen any of the Marvel shit for a long time no. at, outside of a couple because I have no, like, I haven't seen a whole bunch of this shit. They just did too many. They bombarded you with shit. And, like you say, no quality goes into it, right? Yeah. If you're putting out 20 fucking movies a year on this, I mean, that's not the rate, but if you're doing something like that, you, you can't expect. To keep quality high, no. And you just expect when we look at money.
1: we look at who the studios are making these movies, and then we talk about someone like A twenty four, where they're putting stuff out. The guys who are running that studio have t- good taste, have a good sensibility, and have have a good vision for the projects that they're making. This is what the big studios yeah. no longer have. Like John said, all it is is about money. They're like they see dollar signs. They're like this work. This is gonna. Be dollar signs. I'm not going to read the script. You just go and shoot it. You go and yes, edit it, it. And we'll put it We'll put it on our streaming fucking service. Like yeah, that yeah. is all they're doing these days. And that is not how you make anything. That is the fucking stupidest way to make a movie. It's the stupidest way to make music. Anything that has to do with anything creative. If you're looking at yeah, it from we- a monetary standpoint only, you're going to make shit
0: so like the Iron Man character was was big and then I thought the send off they had after like all the Avengers movies to, to, to bring it down spoiler alert, sorry Iron Man's dead and now what did I see <laughs> yeah. the trailer for two weeks ago was Iron Man 4 where Tony is the AI and it's about his daughter and I'm like are you fucking kidding me pass <laughs> hard pass and like no offense to any of the actors and, and whoever they got to play the lead like of course you would jump at that if it came up but I just I hate that that's where we're at. Like the, the, the trilogies aren't even enough. Now we got to get the spin-offs <sighs> under yeah. the same moniker and, and keep the same people somehow. And maybe they'll fly up into space and they'll meet Han and Chewie in the millennium Falcon just on, you know, random accident and we can bring in star Wars into the universe. Yay. Like yeah. fucking just unleash aliens and kill them all.
1: Oh, so <sighs> <sighs> does Zodiac hold up? <laughs>
0: Uh, I I don't mind going first and saying that absolutely not. Uh, it does not, and and this is so weird for a movie that has such competent directing, acting, um, and some like scenes that stick with me and chill me to my core. I hate thinking in this movie that I would have loved to see more of the murder scenes because they were like so impactful on me, and that's probably definitely a less is more thing. But we honestly get. The opening scene murder, which is crazy with the kids, especially when he comes back for the second time to finish off the young man and still doesn't get the job done. So he's a horrible murderer, by the way. Anyway, um, (laughs) then we get the beach murder and we get the cab murder. And that's all within the first half hour of this movie. And that's it. No more murders. Uh, Just letters, just talking, just investigations that go nowhere. And then finally, when someone does start to put it together, it's still not 100%. We never know when we're done. You just, you can't do that to me in a two and a half hour movie. So Zodiac does not hold up beautiful and well acted and competently, techni- technically competent as it is. It's all the story and the storytelling in this one that fucks this movie, which is frustrating. Next. All
1: right. <laughs> I would, I would, um, I, if, I, if I can go next, I would agree with John. Um, this movie, if you would have, if you, if this would have stayed with uh, Gray Smith's point of view, like it started with and ended with, instead of like a whole huge middle section of this movie shifting to an investigation that I like that John says that an investigation that goes nowhere, they have thousands of suspects. They have thousands of hours and thousands of days of investigation. And at the end of the day, it goes fucking nowhere. And if that's what really happened and that's a story you want to tell, it can't be fucking three hours long. Like fuck you. You had to find a way to shave this script down and tell it in a more focused You had to focus this story. This is this it's just meandering detours. Like all of the stuff with Belloc and Brian. Brian Cox, that's all great, funny stuff. W- one of my favorite scenes in the movies with Brian Cox where he's talking to who they think is the Zodiac on the phone and he starts screaming. I always laugh at that scene and I love yeah. Brian Cox's demeanor. I mean, I just love Brian Cox. But once yeah. again, why the fuck were we... Ha- why are we seeing these scenes? Like, yeah, we're, 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 I, can't, I actually can't believe they fucking shot this script the way that it was and then edited into this um it doesn't hold up yep. no it's it's very sad once again fincher is amazing at what he does um but in this case him and his editor were not amazing uh <laughs> they did a p- piss poor job and they left everything in Piss
2: poor this it. by the <laughs> way for all the for all the audience Colin had declared before we did this week's show that he was going to be a nicer Colin <laughs> and not just say this shit. <laughs> so this is the new Colin. Uh, yeah. I want you all to he know that. He says piss poor instead of fucking
1: sucks. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a progress. <laughs> well, I'm going to be a nicer Colin what? as to, to say that Fincher is a fantastic filmmaker who does most things very well, but he completely lost control. Yeah. He completely lost control of this project. And put out a bad a, he put out a bad film. Probably because of how passionate
0: he was. Like he just lost the forest from the trees. And 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 so like if you're gonna fuck something up, then do it from a place of passion and not a place of ineptitude and, and money and not caring. Like he obviously gave a shit about this. Yeah,
1: so he does. I appreciate with everything. The effort. He has such a passion. I mean, Fincher is like I've heard him speak. He's a passionate motherfucker, but he needs people too. People are letting these filmmakers down in, in ways that is going to ruin their legacy sometimes, especially this movie, not so much in 2007. But today, all of these great filmmakers are putting out very, very bad products. And it's simply because they have no um, no counterpoint. They only have their own yeah. opinion and everyone is saying they're brilliant. And everyone is getting out of their way and letting them do what they want and like and just kissing their ass. And that's the last thing you want as an artist is people around you that kiss your ass and tell you you're brilliant. And these guys are older now and and they've surrounded themselves with those people.
0: Yeah, they're the trendsetters. They're the big like the score who's ever going to say Marty you shoot too much, Marty? But Martin Scorsese
1: to, is the biggest disappointment listen. in his Lucas, in, for me as a filmmaker. All those guys fucking say
2: it to him. Oh. I mean, someone should have told yeah. fucking Lucas something a long time ago. Jesus fucking Christ.
1: Where are your well, friends, Lucas? at least
0: Lucas? for the Phantom Menace.
2: Jesus, dude.
1: Yeah, they don't do have, have uh, friends? friends. They have sycophants.
0: Yeah, that's probably how it got. But they make the money, right? They're all getting paid off of this. So the, the like the the better okay. they look, they come back for I know it the money comes into it again. I bet that's such a huge factor.
2: Where's my sycophants? I want sycophants. Yeah. I'm an artist that wants sycophants. Oh, I think you know, you're so great low friends. level... It's great. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm going to make terrible shit now. Um, my <laughs> opinion of this movie is the following. <laughs> I think it holds up. I liked this movie before. I like it now. <gasps> Fincher's my fucking homeboy. I... Love him, and I'm not such a big fanboy that I'm just squealing this movie out. I think that it really does hold up. I think the story is interesting. Um, it's a bummer that they don't catch the killer at the end. Like in real life, when they don't catch him, I think that's probably a bigger bummer. Um, but I like the obsession in this movie. Like I, I read about Graysmith after he watched this movie the real grace Smith that he was like, Jesus Christ. Now I see why my wife divorced me, <laughs> which, which is very funny, but, um, yeah, I think it holds up, man. I love Fincher, the acting, in this is great. The mood setting, the tone, everything is consistent. It brings you in. Is it a bit long? Yes. Um, is it a bit dialogue heavy? Yes. I mean, this movie is more of an investigation, uh, do you know what I mean? It's more about the the solving the crime as opposed to the crimes. The zodiac is more the setting, I guess, right? I know that I was talking about earlier that the uh, thought experiment about him being the main character, but I do think maybe the the Zodiac Killer is really the setting, and then we're witnessing obsession from a few different sides inside the uh the thing you know gray smith and uh and the detective obviously not anthony edwards he's got asses to slap on the beach volleyball court he doesn't want to be cops anymore so holds up fincher fuck yeah
1: fuck yeah fincher but the two hour and 37 minute version you it's think way hold, too long but you think that this version of the movie holds up
2: yeah I think that yeah. this movie is it's not surprising. Is I would rate this seven out of ten, and anything to me over fifty is a holdup.
1: Yeah, that, I wouldn't give it that fair way anymore. to go. Brent, likes even if the I slow say sixty, burn. right? Brent just likes I, them, so I he get does. It. I he get likes it. that tone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if it's I, done I, well,
2: though, like look at these long movies that I bitched about in the in the recent history here. Like, there's a lot of long movies that I do not have patience for. You need to give me something.
1: Yeah but I, yeah, do no, like, definitely. I do like it when it's done. I'm the same with like, I don't, If I, I, for me, a movie just has to earn its length. Like Shawshank Redemption earns its length. Pulp Fiction earns its length. For you, if you can earn the, the length of your movie, I'm fine with that. This movie, I feel, doesn't come close to earning two hours and 37 minutes. So that's my problem with it is there's it, two, there's two, it's two, there's too much dead air in this film that doesn't uh, need to be there. It there's a lot of space um, that that need to be filled with something that's not just feels like it's not there for me. I earned five and a half inches of
2: length,
0: <laughs> just enough to get that's... that hold up. <laughs> <laughs> a little,
2: just a little. Right, With a popsicle stick tape to it.
0: Well, uh, Zodiac can be controversial in real life and in the movie scene. So you got two to one. Uh, I'd say that's probably leaning towards uh, give it a check out if you've not seen it. Because um, there is some beauty in this movie and some haunting fucking shit. You guys and got to
2: agree to check this out, right? Yeah. Yeah. You would recommend to watch this at least if you're a movie buff. Yeah, if I, I would it, recommend, especially if you're a Fincher fan. But I, but the the, the, the reason, tone
1: is so good just alone, like the directing and tone are brilliant. I think I would. The reason why I would recommend that people watch this, but the reason why I don't feel it holds up anymore is because after this viewing of it, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. And I own it, so I would I would be able to access this for free. But I can't I don't think I could make it through this this movie again for two and a half hours. I don't think I could yeah, do it. Yeah, see and I my girlfriend hasn't seen it and I almost put it
2: on last night to watch with her again so that she could no, that's watch fair. It again fair. fair.
1: Hillary sure. should watch it and I like I. s you're right, I think people should check this out. Yeah. There's so like the, the
0: good stuff in this movie, like I said, that one murder scene, if if like getting cringy from murder oh, scenes is your yeah. thing, it's it's one of the worst best worst that I've ever seen it just haunts you in all the ways that movies are supposed to terrify you by putting you in the place of the characters and wow it's so from their perspective too like that the murderer and and the Zodiac in that scene is the secondary guy because it's about that couple and how they perceive and deal with all the stuff happening and it doesn't go well and it's fucked up and scares me and when I think of this movie that's the only thing I think about
1: me too the scene is very powerful it it stands out um, similar to scenes like in movies uh, that are that are just you're never gonna forget. It's that yeah. scene is never gonna never going away. <laughs> okay. check it out forever. Haunt my fucking uh, or, dreams.
0: <laughs> check it out sometime to see that scene and the rest of the flick. If you've not, let us know if you think it's it's too long. And maybe Zodiac should have been uh, where the next movie we're doing is the cell or a cell, maybe a jail cell. I don't know or an electric chair. But the movie we're doing next week is called The Cell. Um, and while initially an interesting choice in my mind, I am now completely, um, excited for this movie because just it's Halloween time coming up in October. So in the feeds and probably because we say the words aloud and all of our devices are listening and pushing it back into our feeds, but I've seen like one or two articles on the cell and seen things like Vince D'Onofrio's breakthrough or best role ever, like a truly terrifying kind of psychological thing is happening in this movie that is worth revisiting and maybe wasn't well-received originally, but is definitely worth checking out. So I went from like getting ready to have a bunch of laughs around this to actually not being a bit excited by Jennifer López. Uh,
1: <laughs> One more week
0: until I don't have to do that anymore, folks. That's I,
1: it. I, I think this movie... <laughs> Uh, Visually is uh, like a real stunning, beautiful movie. I I can't wait to watch it just for that one aspect. It's nice that it's I remember it being uh, like shockingly beautiful.
0: So we'll check out the cell a week after that. We have the Evil Dead remake coming up and that's how we will finish out this month of October with... Some slightly scarier movies, Uh, maybe not quite as competent or maybe absolutely more competent. It doesn't. uh, We don't know. We'll figure it out, though. That's what we do on this pod. So check out uh, Zodiac if you have not seen it. Check out The Cell in anticipation of our next week's episode and save up that Evil Dead remake for Halloween uh, so we can all get terrified and shit our pants together collectively. Okay. We will check you in the next one, folks. Thanks so much for joining us for this one. We always appreciate having you around. Uh, we'll catch you in a week's time. And until then, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is HoldUp_Podcast. podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week.